Welcome. Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast, where we cover anything related to behavior change that will increase your long-term wellness and happiness. And now, here are your hosts, personal trainer and RNs, Matt and Jenna Lane. What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Jenna. Today, we have somebody on that was suggested by a fantastic good friend of mine that take a bullet for this man. Uh, he actually helped build the studio. There's a hole in the middle of this table, if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, he helped me saw a hole in this table. It used to be um, where we ate dinner, and I talked uh, Jenna into letting us saw a hole in it. So thank yep. you, Casey Crabtree, for helping me build this this place. But he wanted me to have on. No, he didn't want me to have on. He said, you need to have him on. Uh, reached out to him, and he agreed. I'm very excited to hear about his story. Uh, Deuce, he's here in Pensacola. Due to the coronavirus, we, you know, we wanted to keep social dis- distancing, but I kept putting it off and putting it off, and I was like, yeah, maybe we can get him in the studio, and I'm just, I'm itching too bad to not have him on. Um, so first of all, Deuce, say hey, appreciate you being here, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Matt. You know what? I realized I didn't even ask before the top of the show, like, what's, like, what's your, what's your last name? How can people find you and all that? Yeah, my last name is Bainbridge. Um, you can find me um, actually on Lorenzo's dog training team. Dot com. Okay. Um, last name is Bainbridge. First name's Daniel. So when you when you look for me, you're looking for Daniel Bainbridge. But uh, pretty much anybody that knows me knows me as Deuce. Okay. Cool. Awesome. And we're gonna plug all of his information in the description below. Um, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. I appreciate you sliding by. If you're listening to this podcast, we have a YouTube channel. There's a link in the description for this video, um, the BTY the BTYE podcast on YouTube. Um, the show is all about implementing behavior change for your long-term wellness and happiness. Having said that, I was explaining to Deuce uh, before we even hopped on, like we we want to capture people's stories, and I want to capture people's stories and talk about the behavior change piece or why is it they went down the road that they went. And so that's what we really want to really want to harp on and talk to him about. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. Jenna, how are you feeling over there? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, right now it smells really bad in our studio because of our dogs. Farting. Yeah. It's unbelievably <laughs> pertinent to say. If you, if <laughs> those of you watching, if you see us make weird faces, that's probably, that's probably why. why. Um, well, and at the top of the show, we always hit you with our gratitude point. This gratitude point is something that is supposed to shift your perspective. Whenever you're down and out, especially right now, times could always be worse. If you can think of something that shifts your perspective, something that you're grateful for, uh, it really helps. It really, really helps. I'll go first. Uh, I shot a video the other day and it's basically a comparison of before and after shot a video a year ago. And then the other day was one year to the date. And I realized even then how much patience you have to have whenever you're pursuing something, whenever you're wanting mm-hmm. to work on something. So if you're trying to build muscle, it takes time. If you are trying to build a better relationship, it takes time. If you're working on a degree and I just, I'm grateful to understand that it takes patience. If you can get comfortable and be patient, like it, it happens. If you keep working your ass off and be patient, I just, Patience, patience, patience. I can't say it enough. All right, you go. <laughs> um, well, I've been trying to really focus on rather than my complaints about social distancing and everything being closed, just really thinking about things that I'm grateful for as far as making us slow down and enjoy the things that are 
always there in front of us, but we kind of take for granted. And one of those things I think uh, after gathering the dogs all in here in the studio this morning is just we've really spent more time with the dogs the last couple of weeks. And not that we don't normally, but we've been doing extra things and been hanging out with them. And they're such cool dogs. Yeah. And you, um, you've you've had that gratitude point not too long ago, but I agree with you that it's it's been a little different now. You're right. Yeah. You're so right. Yep. And I think it's mainly because they're like, what in the hell are you still doing home? Like you haven't left in weeks. <laughs> yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? So <laughs> that's, I think that's really why it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Deuce, if you have, if you have a gratitude point, hit us with it. If not, no biggie. Oh, I absolutely do. Um, being that I just moved back to Pensacola, um, living in San Diego for 10 years. Oh, okay. There's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of big city movement and uh, I moved back here and I got an acre land to sit on so I can just I can sit outside and appreciate the nature and watch the animals do what they do and then take in the serenity of just having some peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I didn't realize that you just moved back. Yeah. And on that acre of land, you have a zoo over there. You have six Uh, six animals, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a whole lot of animals. Um, Right now, I currently have uh, six dogs, including my two. Okay. Two cats. One of them just had five kittens. Okay. Uh, actually, a week ago today. Okay. And then two two snakes. Good lord, man. Okay. Yeah, All right. Really yeah. Have a zoo. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I'm looking to get chickens later, but that's down the road. Oh, you and Jenna, y'all be best friends. Yeah. She's trying to. She's I've been trying. wanting chickens for ever. Yeah. How do you do that? You can't do that in a residential neighborhood, though. Yeah, our HOA is pretty strict. I think we would get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, don't th- I don't think we could pull that off. People get- hey, you, you never know. You might be able to train them to walk around in the house with the dog. That's yep, a good thought. Good. I mean, I don't know. They get they get pissed. People at the, do that. They get pissed at the rain gutters. So I think clucking in the morning would be. I don't know if they'd be. I don't know if they'd be about that life. Um, right. And hey, how coincidental is this? I think I mentioned something to you. I don't know if we really talked about it, but Craig Kahn. Yes. He's like a dear friend of ours and did you just train two of his dogs so i actually um i had data here for a week okay and uh she hung out with me for a week so i could kind of get her jump started in the training okay and uh currently i have his his young pup Taman, and he's here or yeah he's here for four weeks with me wow um so we're gonna hang out and he's gonna learn all the obedience stuff and just really make uh make things a little bit happier for him not that he's not happy he's just yeah. mm-hmm. wild sure yeah. you know he, he's he's a little wild puppy that's all okay cool cool yeah good people actually i just got a message from craig about an hour ago yep yep he is uh yep. he's awesome we've known each other for years he and i went to nursing school together um we've all we've all worked together so yeah small world <clears throat> yep love him. yes very much <laughs> love him to death um so i think it's pertinent to sort of start like, what is your backstory, and then how did you get into dog training? Like, what brought you to that? Okay, okay. So, um, I let's see, 18 years old, I graduated high school and joined the military. Okay. Military brought me to uh, Eglin Air Force Base, at which point that's how I ended up here in Pensacola. Um, so, from there, I did aircraft mechanics uh, in the military for six years, got medically retired, and then I ended up uh, I ended up working for a private EMS company. Hmm. And uh, I've worked on air, I worked on aircraft for fifteen years. Wow. Um, I ha- I've been a dog lover my whole life, and a good friend of mine went to dog training school, and uh, he came home. I was like, "Man, I-, I want you to help me 
you know, get my dog some obedience and help him calm down, stuff like that. And uh, he actually walked in the door and he watched me work with my dogs over a couple of weeks. And he said, dude, you're a dog trainer. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was miserable <clears throat> in my job, even though I was on call, you know, as a flight, I worked fl- for a flight EMS company. Okay. Um, oh, so wow, I only okay. work four, four hours a day if I wasn't, you know, on call working. Okay. So, you know, it, it, I had a lot of time, but I had no freedom because mm-hmm. I had to stay within a, an hour of everything. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, I'm a, I'm an independent business owner. I, I make my own schedule. I, I do my own things when and where I want to go. I go. Okay. And I was like, man, that, that sounds like a great gig. And I get to play with people's dogs all day. I'll take it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Where did you like, because for, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, like, where do you go to school for dog training? That's not, a, I feel um, like it's not a common thing. No, it's, it's definitely not a common thing. I mean, there are quite a few different, uh, dog training companies I, I would say out there. Um, but Lorenzo's dog training team is really trying to set the professional precedence okay. for dog training. Um, so we go up to Cleveland, Ohio and we spend four weeks in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's very rigorous based, uh, training. We, we eat, sleep and train dogs. Okay. Um, there, you know, there are some days where we're working 12, 14 hour days if that's what we want to do. Right. Um, because our success all depends upon us. Yeah. So we get what we put in it. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Um, so we, we spend four weeks there and then, you know, we have a team. So the team is able to support us as we come back out into the field and say, okay, these are the things that we need to do and teach you how to, you know, go help people with their dogs. Okay. Um, and now we, we kind of, we have a lot of personal growth that we have to go to, you know, a lot of us don't have back like sales backgrounds or dog backgrounds other than, Hey, I had a dog my whole life, you know? So they, they explain to you how to, you know, how to understand the dog, how to read the dog, how to understand the people and teach the people, which is ultimately the hardest part. Yeah. Training, the training the dogs is the easy part. It's, it's training the people to do the things they need to do. That's, you know, tricky sometimes. Yeah. And that, that's, I'll be honest, that's probably been one of the biggest things that's been ringing in my head of the questions that I wanted to ask is, um, you know, for anybody that doesn't, well, first of all, hit me with this. What do you think the most misunderstood thing about uh, like a family pet? Well, let's just say a dog, um, that, well, wait, do you train anything other than dogs or just dogs? Um, so I've started trying to work a little bit with my cats. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and there, it's funny because there's a lot of real striking similarities. Now, okay. I know Lorenzo himself; he's trained big cats, and he's worked with, um, I think he's worked with crocodiles and wow. stuff like wow. that. So he's done some pretty intense stuff, from what I understand. Okay. Okay. Um, he has he has a pack of six German Shepherd uh, coyote hybrids that he walks around the training center with. Jesus. He runs with his pack every day. Wow. Um, and and they are they're intense. Wow. When you see this this smoke black pack of wolf wolf dogs walk into, you know, a room and they all go lay down and hang out and watch you, you're like, man, it blows you away. That's nuts. What yeah. it, what do you think the most misunderstood thing about the family dog, you know, that's coming to you, you know, oh my gosh, you need to fix this. What's the most misunderstood thing? Or maybe maybe um, something maybe something that's like, oh, man, like I wish more people knew that. <clears throat> Um, I think the most misunderstood thing is people want to love all of the problems away. Um, Mm. people Mm. think that, 
if if I love my dog and I I caress my dog, um, that they're going to get better. Really? And yeah, at the at the end of the day, oftentimes, you know, you have to think like a dog. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. The, the yeah. fact of the matter is that dogs are more wolf like than they're human like. Sure. Right. So what what happens is people people think that their dogs are their children, you know, and and they are in a sense, but they're not actual children. So right. you really have to think out outside of how we operate and the nurturing that that we use okay. versus um, the strength that they look for. Okay. Okay. So uh, how often is it? that it's really the behavior of the owner than it is the dog. Oh man. I would say probably anywhere from 75 to 95% of the wow. time. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was going to be lopsided, but 95%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's hmm. oftentimes it's pretty bad. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite breed to work with? Man, that's hard. Um, I, I fall in love with, a new breed every time I work with a new breed. Okay. Okay. Um, my, my personal favorite has always been, I've always been a bully breed guy. Okay. Um, pit, hey. pit bulls, American bulldogs. Um, I, I actually took in a Dogo Argentino when I was in San Diego. Hmm. Um, and, and they're, they're amazing dogs, real gentle, but really need a strong leader. Um, but I'm, like I said, I'm starting to learn, to love all of the other breeds mm-hmm. and there are certain things about certain dogs that are just amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, you can always, you can almost always depend on the lab to, mm-hmm. to be real lovey and, uh, happy and ready to work. You know, um, you, you can look for the German shepherd to walk through and have just an abundance of intelligence, you know? Um, and the agility of the Malinois will just, it blows me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little, you know, it, as you progress through and you you work different dogs, you're just you fall in love every time, all over again. I love it. And so yep. you, you've been you've been training dogs like with your own business now for how long? Um, since uh, August, two, August will be two years. Okay, got um, it. Um, yeah. So it's it's been two years that I've been an independent business owner. How has that been? One business owner to another. Um, roller coaster ride. It sometimes it's fucking amazing, and sometimes it just tears your head up. Yeah, right. Um, you know, because it it's all up to you. Yeah, yeah. You have you yeah. have to get your yourself out of bed in the morning, and you have to hold yourself accountable. Yep. Um, and that's that's tough. Yeah, that's you know, coming from a, a military structure background, mm-hmm. you know, you have people to get in your ass every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't get up in the morning, you don't get up in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's difficult. Yeah. That's thought, real difficult. That would make sense. Yeah. And you got to wear, it seems like you would need to wear many hats as far as, you know, being the trainer, being the bookkeeper, being the salesperson. Uh, yep. That is a lot. I'm sure. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, and I mean, it's fun, you know, uh, one of the biggest reasons I was, I was miserable working for the EMS company I was working for is because I wasn't allowed to grow. Mm. Um, This, this forces me to grow and learn and progress in my life. Um, Hey, get it together. You need to get more organized. Yep. Um, you know, Hey, you got dogs to train today. They're not going to wait for you to get out of bed. You need to get out of bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get moving. 
Yeah, and um, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. So taking it back a little bit, you so were you helicopter flight EMS? Is that what you were? Yep. Now I sure was EMT paramedic. What were you? Are you mechanic? The mechanic for it. Okay, was, interesting. Yeah, I was. I was the. I was the airframe airframe power plant mechanic. Okay. And uh, had actually tested to get my inspection authorization. That makes more sense. Um, okay. At, at which point, you know. There's only two of us working on the helicopter. Okay. So, you know, if, if something goes wrong, it's it's up to us to figure out okay. what it is, you know. Um, not to mention if our helicopters aren't flying, people are dying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that, that carries a, a real heavy stress load. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and, and if something happens where the the helicopter breaks while in flight after you just got done working. It doesn't matter if it's actually your fault or not. The first thing you say is, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? Damn. Okay. You know, um, it's an automatic default. And what will happen is people will tear you apart, Mm. um, whether it was actually your fault or not. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, well, what did you do wrong before you even get an opportunity to do what you need to do? And sometimes, you know, you got people asking to work outside the lines, um, at which point, you know, you stand your ground because you have the, you have the the protocols behind you. But at the same time, um, like I said, people people are dying if they're not flying. Yeah, that's a heavy um, burden to bear. Damn, that's a that's a hell. Yeah. Like I'm just sitting here, like taking that in, and that's that's a lot of stress. Of <clears throat> even if you do everything right, even right. if you check all the boxes, damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time your phone rings, you're like, oh shit, what now? Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's two o'clock in the morning. They're like, well, we got a light out. You need to come change it. So mm-hmm. like, and, go ahead. I cut you off. Damn. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, you're good. And you know, sometimes it's, it's an hour drive to go change a light bulb. Jesus. Depending on where you're at or, <laughs> or aircrafts broke down on a helicopter or on a, on a pad on top of a hospital. And now you got to fix that helicopter. Holy hell. So another helicopter can come land on it and drop someone off or they have to divert and go to a different airport or a different uh, helipad, different hospital. Okay. So it's, it's always something. Okay. And so that gives me a little more insight to like the stress you had in that role. Um, do you think that played a fact in you walking away from that role? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was, when I left last or two years ago now, I was making a hundred thousand dollars. That was going to be my next question as far as how did that go? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was making a hundred thousand dollars. I was married. Um, my mother-in-law was living with us. Um, I owned my own house in San Diego. So there was, there was a lot of pressure behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I was, I was unhappy at home. I was unhappy at work and my mindset was just all over the place. Damn. There's, there's the, the mama cat. <laughs> <laughs> just climbing all over the place. As she, as she wanders through. Absolutely. <laughs> So, and that was not to, you know, figure out how much, how much you're making, but there's, there's something that hell, even I've struggled with in my life, as far as the whole money thing goes to the happiness piece. And, you know, I think, what is wrong with me? Jesus, uh, Corona. Uh, so (laughs) like, um, it, it was, I don't know, at least five years ago, probably, I think I had more of a a stamp in my head that money was related to happiness. I heard the term, you know, I heard the phrase that money doesn't buy you happiness. 
and I think I verbalized that I understood that, but until I went through the motions and started making more money and saw no direct correlation with the money rising and happiness not getting any better. And if anything, the, the happiness getting lower, that was a big aha moment for me. And I was in my head, I've been wondering here, like, again, not to tell us what you make, but you know, there's, there's going to be a difference in income when you're starting out of your business in two years. So, um, I mean, unless you have the ability to be in nine places at once, I mean, it's tough. It's tough in your first you know, the, in the in the first five uh, years, many businesses fall because they can't Absolutely. they can't make it. Um, so good on you for sticking through it. And I, I mean, what has that been like? That that switch, that adjustment, has it been tough to to make this shift from going make going and making X amount to whatever you're making now, whether it's better or worse or whatever? Um, have you seen a direct correlation to your happiness getting better? Um, so yeah, I, I actually have, um, and I'll be, I'll be straight out honest with you. Like I told you at the top of the show, I'm an open book, right? So I, at my level, I'm, I was the top performer for my level last year for the company. Okay. Um, I made, I brought home $35,000 for my first year as an independent business owner. And there's, there's some trainers that, you know, barely made 12,000 in their first year. Yeah. I was going to say right? good for you. Um, but I know that, by the time I hit five years in the business, um, I'm looking to ha I'm looking to be making five times what I was making when I left. Yeah. Mm. Right. And now I'm doing what I love. Now I'm making my own schedules. Yep. Now I can I can take a vacation for a month and not have to worry about my income because yep. there's residual income coming in at that mm. point. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's it's this mad dash to get past the hard parts, which they tell you when when you get there, you know, you you get through the first two years and you you run it'll pay off. Yep. And, uh, th that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm right coming up on that, that final two years and I got, you know, X amount more dogs to train and then I can start seeing some residual income coming in. Okay. Okay. Hey, how has coronavirus affected, uh, business? How's that gone? Man, I, I actually, I'm really lucky. Um, it hasn't. Wow. Good. Realistically. That's awesome. Um, I've, I've made a lot of really good, uh, relationships with, uh, some of the veterinarian clinics in Pensacola. Okay. Um, big, big shout out to animal hospital of Pensacola cause they've, they keep me going as awesome. far as, you know, the, the clients coming in and helping the dogs out. Um, but that's the good thing about our business is, you know, people are home more now. So they see how much of an asshole their dogs are. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <Right? laughs> so so then then they call us and they're like, "Hey, we we got a problem. Okay. I I need you to come help us out." Okay. Um. So I I've actually been really blessed with that. Um. And I've been able to really enjoy continuing to work. Yeah. Awesome. Good. So my question is, how does your program work? And and the reason why I ask. We sent um, two of our three dogs to a trainer several years ago, and yeah. how his program worked was he kept the dogs for a week, I believe, or maybe a week and a half. Yeah, and then, Mike, for, for the record, Mike Bowen, he, he, Mike Bowen, he did a fantastic job. They, yeah, they were awesome. Did. And it was a lot nice. of training. So he kept the dogs and trained them, and then it was our responsibility to come in and reacclimate them back to us and us learn how – to keep up with the dogs. And he was very specific about this is your responsibility. Now, if you don't keep up with it, they're not going to retain what they've learned. Yeah. Um, 
is that a kind of a similar setup for you or or how does that work kind of kind of so it, it all starts with a an evaluation um and i go out and I, I determine hey what does this puppy need versus that puppy right okay um some puppies will come stay with me for a couple weeks um some puppies will train completely in the home um but i it's it's the same same thing he told you guys um it's entirely up to the clients and the owners to maintain uh, that, that sphere of influence with their pups. Um, otherwise their pups are going to take the lead from them, right? Mm -hmm. Dogs are dominant by their very basic nature. And if we don't lead strong enough, they're going to take it from us. Um, and at that point, you know, you, for, for a client that, uh, that doesn't keep up with the training, right. And say I boarded their dog and their dog stayed with me for, you know, however many weeks works great with me and then goes home and mom and dad let their pup do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and they, they call me back and they're like, Hey, uh, Fluffy's doing this. I go back out, I pick up the leash and all of a sudden Fluffy says, Oh, deuce is back. Let's yep. get to work. Yep. 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 Right. You, you gotta, you gotta get that respect and maintain it. Um, and, and keep that sphere of influence or they're just going to run off just like a, just like a kid. It's so interesting when we go, you know, when we take them for a walk, uh, you know, to what you were just saying, you know, when we hold the leash on the left side, um, they know when we stop, they stop. It, it's so, you know, like I, I, I think people don't realize how smart dogs are, um, mm -hmm. you know, because like these, they, these dogs are literally below us right now, farting, snoring. And, you know, I think, I think we joke around and like, they're the family pet. They're goofy. They're slobber everywhere. We have three American bulldogs. And, but when, Wonderful. when you, yeah, when you put them on that leash, something, something snaps. And I, I think we just, we we forget how smart animals actually are and the dogs are. They really are. Yeah, they are. And all three of them have such different personalities and yeah. attentions and intelligence. Yep. I think Roman's one of the most intelligent dogs I've ever met. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, like, you can see his wheels turning when he sees something new. Yeah. And he figures it Absolutely. out so fast. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, the, and it's – so it's amazing. Dogs are the – the sixth smartest animal on the planet. I didn't realize that. Yep. Which is why they're going to, they, they do understand so much. They're able to interact with so many different animals. Mm. I mean, dogs are one of the only animals that you'll see that it doesn't matter what animal it is that they're interacting with. You'll see one doing it somewhere. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Yeah. These dogs, yep. these dogs interact with a leaf. Um, <laughs> there's a question I always ask um, in the show and it's, what is your definition of happiness? There's not a right answer. There's not a wrong answer. It's completely up to you. If you could wrap your head around that, what is that to you? Man, so um, Lorenzo has this saying that he says all the time, and I'm probably going to mess it up. Um, but happy, healthy, wealthy, charitable, and free. Um, those, those really speak to it. Um, being able to live my own life and enjoy it and uh, not stress out um, maybe, you know, any of the seven days on a motorcycle just because I wanted to go ride. Yeah. Um, th those are the type of freedoms that, that really I, I could say define some happiness to me, you know, and having loved ones around you to, to enjoy it with. I love it. Yep. That's yeah. Say, say it one more time. Uh, happy, healthy, wealthy, charitable, and free. I like it. It ticks a lot of boxes. 
Yeah, it does. Yes. How long you've been riding? Because yeah, that's so that's something that you and Casey share is that uh, y- y'all y'all both ride. How long? Uh, I've been riding now for uh, let's see, fourteen years. Oh wow! Okay. Four, fourteen years on a street bike. I've never gotten on any other bike in my life. Um, had a friend. I was big into the the rice rice car scene and okay. uh wanted to go fast all the time and a friend told me he's like you you won't go faster than on a motorcycle and he put me on one and i haven't got off of one since uh kindred spirits you and you and casey because that's yeah there, there's something <laughs> about there's something about casey and i i think that i think that anybody who rides religiously that that is their life i've asked casey before because i had a bike and he sort of took me through the ropes and all that and then i'm a nurse so I, I went to the icu and literally had people that we could not remove the helmet um so for me i just it wasn't my thing after you know seeing those things it just wasn't me but i respect that about casey like mm-hmm. i remember asking him one time i said like because he's you know he's an idiot on that bike Oh, I'm, he's I'm a, just as bad. And I, and I totally believe it and I respect it, but he's an idiot on it. And this is coming from a healthcare professional, you know, but I right. asked him one time, I was like, bro, like, what if you go down? Like, what if you die? He's like, dude, that's going to be the best shit ever. He's like, that's yeah. the best way for me to die. When he said that, I was like, all right, I get it. I get it now. Yep. And I respect that so much. I, I really do. So you having that same thing, I respect that about you. Absolutely. So I, I think of it, you know, it's, it's like the, the Vikings going to Valhalla or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the Spartans having, yep. you know, their, their glorious day of death, yep. you know, um, if, if something happens on the bike, you know, God forbid, you know, everybody else has to lose us, Yeah, but that's the, that's the, one of the best ways to go. Yeah. You yeah. know, as far as we're concerned and, and the bike is, you know, it's just freedom. And I, I just, I don't know. I just think, I think that's so cool. And the way you just put that as far as uh, a Spartan's death, that's so a perfect way to put it, but yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. You got anything? Um, yeah. Is, is there anything in this process from transitioning from a, a, a day job to being a business owner yeah. that you would change? Good question. Um, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I have any, any real, I wouldn't say regrets. Right. But, um, I don't know that I have anything that I would say, let me step outside of the box. Um, there were a couple times when times were tough and I thought about, you know, getting another job Okay. and, uh, put my head down and was like, no, just, just get back to work. Um, so I, I, I don't think I can, I don't think there's anything I can say that I would change. What do you think stopped you from not going and getting that job in that tough time? Um, the thought process of how successful I want to be as a dog trainer. So the confidence you had in yourself. Um, Absolutely. The confidence I had in myself and the, the confidence, honestly, that my superiors, if you will, I mean, realistically, they're my business partners, um, but they are, they are my upline. They're there to coach me, yeah. you know, but the, the confidence that they gave me about me and that they had in me, um, they, I, I'm not letting anybody down. I'm not letting myself down. I like it. So the safety of that day job that you could go get, it's not, it's not, Man. it's not worth it. Not at all. 100%. It's not, um, there's, there's not a 401k, a dental health plan, a, a medical plan, none of that stuff that can get me back to a, a regular nine to five day job with a boss. It, it just, it's not going to happen. 
the point you just made, the, the question that I just asked, I know a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, and if, if you're listening right now, if you're watching, uh, I'd like you to comment and you know share your story in that because I, that's just such a common thing and a really tough struggle for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I think the main point is chasing happiness, mm -hmm. putting happiness over the dollar, putting happiness over comfort, putting happiness over um, being too afraid to grow and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. So good on you for, for doing that. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. I, I, I would urge anybody who's even remotely thinking about it, stick to your guns, um, get after it, find, find what makes you happy and, and don't let it go. Damn. That was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. You got anything? No, just thinking about, you know, quitting your day job with that security must be kind of terrifying. Yeah. Oh, it took me six months to make the jump. Really? I'm, I'm not going to lie. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't actually decide to make the jump until my wife and I decided to split. Because mm. um, mm. at that point, I told myself, I was like, hey, at least now if I'm sleeping under a bridge, it's just me and my dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you love know, it. As, as kind of terrifying as that can be. Yeah. You know, um, but the the home life and the decision to split was was so god awful that, you know, living under a bridge in my van didn't seem that bad to me. Yeah. Yeah. I like you use that, the potentially just life changing detrimental event to push yourself forward rather than moving backwards. A hundred percent. Well, and like I, what, and so, so what I see there, the philosophical Matt, what I see <laughs> there is such a perspective shift, you know, like in a really rough time, I mean, a divorce is, it's a hell of a thing. You know, you can go that opposite direction, what you were just saying, you know, go towards bad or whatever, but, uh, taking it another way and realizing like, shit, like I could still be stuck in that, but I'm going to go for that. So good for you. Good for you, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That, that whole kind of time and that, that decision to become a dog trainer was, it was a real big time in my life. Um, cause I had a lot of negative things happening all at the same time. Did anybody, um, did anybody tell you not to do it? Oh, all kinds of people. Really? I had, I had more people tell me not to than people to encourage me. And, you know, mm. um, I can't think of the book that I read, but there's, there's a book that talks to making these kind of journeys where you have what are called your, your, your silent giants. And these are the people that are close to you. They're worried about your security and your safety and your well being, but they're going to, uh, they're going to discourage you from following your dreams. Um, and it's, it's really crazy to kind of watch it all manifest because people like my mom, people like some of my best friends were like, what are you going to do? What else are you going to do? There you go. You know, and that's, that's a story that Lorenzo tells all the time is growing up is he's been training dogs since he was, you know, six years old, hiding the dogs from his mom. Um, <laughs> and, and when he, when he got to the point where he decided he was going to, make it a career his mom was telling him you're going to tell everybody you're going to be a veterinarian no one's going to trust you know that being a dog trainer is going to be the best mm. you know profession and he, he says that everyone always said well what else are you going to do mm. you know and and it's like train dogs yep i'm going to train dogs and i'm going to train dogs and there's there's no other option it's so common like it, it's unbelievably common for the closest people in your life to 
it, it, I honestly believe it comes from a place of love because I've had it in my life. Yeah, I think they mean well. It, yeah, it's not like, oh, screw you. I want to put you down. It's it's they worry for your well-being. They worry for, you know, you're going after something that's not comfortable, that's not typical, that doesn't have a 401k, that doesn't have the boss, that doesn't have those things. So it looks scary for, say, a parent or for someone that's close to you. But mm -hmm. what they don't realize is they're they're actually... I don't know. I'm weird. For me, it makes it easier. But I think for a lot of people, it makes it tougher. It makes it tougher for that person to be like, well, damn, the closest people I have are telling me I shouldn't do it. Again, I'm, I'm kind of different. I love that shit. Yeah. I, I love, yep. I love when tell me I can't do it. Tell me I can't. I'm going to fucking do it. Tell me yep. I can't. Oh God. Uh -huh. That's uh, yeah. So if you are going through, if you're listening and you're going through that, listen, listen to the story and take it and know that if anybody is quote unquote holding you down, um, you gotta you gotta listen to your heart and you gotta chase what you want. You gotta pull what you yeah. want to you. Yeah. Yeah, I've learned and the hard almost way. As, oh, go ahead, Jenna. Oh, I was just gonna say I've learned the hard way with Matt. He's he's that person who takes the naysayers and and determines that he's gonna do something just to prove somebody wrong. So yeah. whenever he comes with to me with an idea, whether I think it's good or not, I'm always like, Okay, we'll try it. Well <laughs> and I and I will say I will say I, I will say that I will only do that if it's something that I truly want to, to pull yeah. to me. It's not just like, all right, screw all y'all. But you can bet your ass that if there is somebody that's saying, that gives me just a little bit more fire. Yeah, that's that's always fueled a Matt's fire. So I'm always careful. Yeah. To yep. not to yep. not say like, oh, I don't think you should do that or yeah. you can't do that. Shit, your answer is yes to everything now. I'm like, really? You want me to do hey, that? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned. It's, it's just as important for the self-talk because yeah. we're mm -hmm. going to tell ourselves man, I, I, I don't know if I can do this, you know? So watching a lot of podcasts and, okay. and YouTube videos in the morning, that's the first thing I do is get up and put a YouTube, some sort of positive uh, push in the morning okay. to tell me, Hey, you can do this. Oh keep, man. Keep your ass moving. I used to run to David Goggins. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I, I was running six miles at one point to yep. David Goggins and, and just put it on in the headphones and I'm, I'm off. Yep. That's a bad motherfucker. That's a bad I, son that's of a bitch. That's who I want to be. Yep. That's a bad. Yep. Yeah. If you guys are listening and you don't know, he, uh, David Goggins, he's a hell of a human being. He has a book called, uh, can't hurt me. Can't mm -hmm. hurt me. I, I listened to that book three times. Um, incredible book, incredible story. If you think you have shit rough, listen to that book and, uh, come back because that's what an incredible story. And, and so that was, that was something I was going to ask you. Negative self-talk. Have you ever struggled with that? Um, a whole bunch. Really? Um, I, I grew up the kid that moved, was always the new kid at, at school. I went to mm. three different high schools, mm. you know, four different elementary schools, two junior high schools. God dang. Um, I, I, I was always the new kid. So, mm. um, and, and I had real low self-esteem for a long time. No shit. Um, and that, I, I'm sure that that's probably what uh, contributed to the, the fall of my go figure third marriage. Okay. Um, but it, it was the negative self-talk, you know, you, you can't do this. Um, for 10 years, I said, I wanted to open a bike shop and I would, I would rationalize to myself, well, there's, you're in San Diego, there's, you know, a million bike shops out here. You can't do this. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I, I had friends, I had a friend that was an independent business owner and it took me a while to realize that what he was saying, but he's like, just do it. He's like, there's no process to it. You're overthinking it. Just do it. Yep. Um, and it blew my mind. So once I started changing the self-talk, I started seeing the, the difference in the results in myself. I, yeah, I had to write that down because I'm going to create a little piece of content out of that. That's perfect. What you just said. Um, 
And so the negative self-talk, like, have you found that that's gotten better since you've gone towards the uncomfortable piece, starting the business? Holy shit, I'm making less money now. I don't have that 403B and all that shit. Like, have you seen that the self-confidence has gone up the more that you've gone towards being uncomfortable? Absolutely. Absolutely. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. There you go. Yep. Um, I, I, I definitely have. I mean, all the way up until my, my divorce, what, what really snapped me out of my, my marriage was I realized I was, I was thinking about killing myself. No shit. Um, and, and that I couldn't go back to that. I, I was like that as a kid. And, um, the, the, the fact that I was just willing to put off everybody else's, uh, you know, feelings and how it would affect them, mm. um, with, with my selfish actions, mm. I had to find a way away from that. Um, so I knew it was unhealthy and, and that led me down the path of where I am now. Hey, okay. this is, this, this can't get much worse. You know, um, if you're, if you're really thinking about taking your own life, then you're, you're in the wrong place. You're doing the wrong thing. So go a different way. Yep. Stop, stop being insane. Stop doing the same thing, expecting different results. So, I mean, you're, you're really hitting a chord with me here a hundred percent. I totally agree with you. And I, it, it, so it, it makes me think to myself, you know, you said you listen to David Goggins, you listen to podcasts, um, books. It seems like you've, you know, done a lot of self-education. Uh, I think for a lot of people, self-education is a really tough thing. And it's, I don't think it's taught in schools a lot. Mm. I don't think, like, I think we're told in school, you need to read this history book because you have this test. But when people get out of school, they stop self-teaching. And I think that it can be built way up to what self-teaching really is. And I think that if you find a credible source or somebody that's been through a hell of a story to, to motivate you or to give you that perspective, such as David Goggins or whatever, how much of that have you done and how much of that has helped? So, you said you listened to a YouTube video almost every morning. Like, yep. why did you do that? Why did you start doing that? Um, so I, I did that because Lorenzo always, you know, the day you walk into the, the training center in Cleveland, Ohio, he tells you this is a personal growth business with a compensation plan. Mm. Damn. Um, he he wow. drives home, you know, once a month, we, we have a book that we're looking to read to, uh, you know, self-grow right? Like this, this month it's who moved my cheese, right? So it's, it's all about how can you grow to make your business better? How can you lead um, your business from the forefront? And it, it starts with the dogs, right? But then we start leading our teams. And if we lead our teams, now we become successfully, or we become successful, excuse me, monetarily, mm. right? So, um, you have to learn how to lead yourself before you can lead anyone or anything else. Yeah. Um, so, so realistically it started with, uh, Lorenzo Miller, Emilio Morata and Siobhan Striggles. So that's my upline. And those are the guys that say, Hey, um, these are the things that you need to do to, to progress, to grow. And, uh, you know, being coachable is, is really easy to do if you just put your pride to the side. So, you know, that's, that's what I did. I said, I want to be the best dog trainer that you guys are ever going to see. Um, and I, I've set my mind to be the dog trainer of the Emerald or of the Gulf Coast. Hell yeah. I, I want to be known from Mobile to Jacksonville. And the only way I can do that is with other trainers helping me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Jenna, you got anything? No, it's been fun listening to your story. Yeah, um, man. I think the only question 
has it been hard moving back here and getting into this market? Is it very saturated with other dog trainers? That's, that's a good question because California to, to Pensacola, I mean, what a difference in demographic but speed of life, you know? I mean, there's just a different atmosphere. Um, so not particularly. Um, hmm. I, I got, like I said, I got really lucky. I have a, a good friend. Her name is uh, Kat Zan. She works at Animal Hospital Pensacola. Um, when I became a dog trainer, she told me, she said, we, we need dog trainers in Pensacola. Mm. Um, and I spent a year in San Diego doing it and getting my feet under, underneath me, learning how to do it. And, uh, she and I were talking one day and she's like, you're never coming back to Pensacola, are you? And I just kind of, I giggled and I told her, I said, you know, you get me a list of 10 veterinarians, um, mm -hmm. and some contact information and I'll move. And, nice. uh, within, within a half an hour, I had, I had that list. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's pretty, she's really supportive. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it worked out really well. And to, to speak to, you know, coming in and starting the new market now, not necessarily. Um, I, I grind a lot. So the fact that I grind a lot, there's no room for failure. Um, there's, there's only room for learning, right? Every time I go into a veterinarian and they're like, no, we're not interested, I, I sit back and I, I wonder, okay, how could I have done that better? Mm. Same as when I walk into a veterinarian and they're like, man, we'd love, we'd love to see what you have to offer us and how you can help. Now I, got, now I go back and I reflect, I'm like, man, what was it that I did in here that made them love me? Um, because now, now I'm going to take that and I'm going to utilize that as I walk into the next place. Yep responsibility so you don't like i think a lot of people neglect that piece too is responsibility of like like you could walk out of that veterinarian clinic and you're like well they're just assholes or you know they're, they're broke like put it back on yourself and there's yeah. no there's no damn excuses i love yeah. that well i like that the successes are just as much of learning experiences as the per, yep. per say failures yep uh, absolutely yeah if not more without yeah, a doubt for sure yep so if there's like in closing, is there anything that you like, if there, anybody that's listening, come on, Matt, spit it the hell out there. <laughs> the audience that's listening, um, you know, they are grow, they're trying to grow themselves in some way. Is there anything mm -hmm. that you would want to close on something that you would want to say to somebody that's growing? Oh man, don't, uh, don't get inside your own head. And Part of the growth process is the suck. Yeah. Embrace, embrace the suck. Hell yeah. Know that, know that you're going to get out of it. You know, there's, there's waves, there's ups and downs and, and, you know, Lorenzo says, hold the bar down on the roller coaster. You're like on the that. roller coaster, no matter what, just, just hold the bar down. Don't fly out. I like that. Yep. That's a good visual. Yeah, it is. I've, I've never heard that. I like it a lot. Well, damn, man, this has been this has been fantastic. Um, we have big mouths. We will tell uh, anyone and everyone who's looking for a trainer. Um, this is going to be. I'll, I'll send you all this, and you know when it comes out and all that. This has been fantastic. I truly appreciate you taking the time to come on and sharing, sharing. I mean, you were very transparent. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great hearing yeah. your story. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I really uh, was excited to do this, and I'm I'm glad we got to. This is a, a new level of growth for me, right? Heck yeah, man! Without a doubt. Well, that's awesome. Guys, uh, if you are feeling squirrely, if you enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor, subscribe to it on YouTube, the BTYE podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, 
all it's it's on every major platform that you can listen to a podcast uh we appreciate everyone tuning in we we still have comments coming in uh, on the podcast channel and uh your support means the world to us thank you so much i don't think i've mentioned it on this podcast here if you would like to support this podcast uh, we've started a patreon and i'm going to leave the link in the description below uh it's going to help us uh produce better content, more content on here, the podcast and the Matt Lane Fitness YouTube channel. Uh, we truly, truly appreciate you tuning in every week. I hope everyone is safe, healthy, keep growing, keep pulling what you want to yourself. Be like deuce, be like deuce. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. This has been the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. We want to thank you for listening and invite you to subscribe to the show as well and follow Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube. Until next time, you don't have to be perfect. Just be better than yesterday every day. That was awesome. That was really good, man. Yeah. Really, really Thanks, good. Thanks, guys.